Hello and welcome to the CRE with Cobalt Banker Commercial Worldwide Podcast. My name is Christina Ballas, the National Director of Strategic Implementation for CBC, and I'll be your host. Today, we are joined by Kate Conquest, and besides having a name that sounds like a boss, she leads Coldwell Banker and Coldwell Banker Commercial Affiliate Servicing as their National Vice President. She is determined and committed to helping her affiliates achieve exceptional results using a well-developed market intelligence-based approach. Growth is one of her passions, and she is driven by being a part of something bigger than herself. She has been an advocate for NAR and why being involved at that level is pivotal for one's business as well as the industry as a whole. Besides her incredible career accolades that we'll dig into, she is a wife, a mother, and a dear friend to many, including the lucky me. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor to be here with all of you at Cole Banker Commercial. Awesome. Before we jump into some career conversation, And really about growth, because I'd love to talk about growth mindset and achieving exceptional results through your market intelligence-based approach. I would love for our listeners to know a little bit about your career journey, because I think it informs so much of what you do and why you do everything. Okay. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, which is as a graduate of high school, finding a job to support myself through college, I answered a local newspaper advertisement. I walked into the office, had no idea that it was even a real estate office, and applied for the position. I was lucky enough to work with a broker owner that truly saw my potential and taught me everything he knew. I think it's a huge opportunity to find somebody that will share their path through knowledge with you. And I was really lucky to get that. So I started answering phones at a real estate office. And then over 13 years, basically wore every hat in the business from anybody that owns a real estate company knows you change the garbage, the lights, you vacuum the floor, did all that, got my real estate license. And then was, you know, challenged to oversee the company in terms of managing the company, growing the company, recruiting agents. Anyway, over the 13 years that I spent in actual real estate brokerage, I wore a lot of different hats from admin to uh, recruiter to general manager to trainer to partner to broker. And it was an incredible journey. I learned a lot. I think real estate is a practice. um, And the more you practice, the better you get. I was super fortunate to work with really, really amazing people. And I was really excited to sort of um, jump into the corporate life. I felt through college, I was sort of breeding for that. I was training for that. And there was an opportunity to consult in New England. And I jumped on it with my broker's support. You know, it was it was a difficult decision to leave brokerage. I was really in line to um, kind of take over the brokerage and eventually grow that company. And it just felt like a better fit for me at the time to join the corporate team. That's so interesting because what you do now, and this is where I was saying what you did before very much informs, I mean, you are very much growth focused and being that you were on a trajectory to help your one brokerage grow, uh, the influence you have today um, impressively is you are in charge of servicing and helping over 700 companies grow, which is quite incredible. It's a huge part of why I made the switch. Real estate is an amazing career. Uh, You can 
I think what there's there's three different things that are just the best feelings in real estate. So the first one, as an agent, there's no better feeling than getting a listing. Like everybody that gets their first listing, it's the best feeling. I can't even explain it. It's the best natural high you'll ever feel in your life to get your first listing and then more. And then it's addictive. And then it's like amazing because ultimately you're helping people, investors um, grow their personal wealth or, you know, take that opportunity to really change their, their, you know, their family tree, if you will. So the second one is as a broker manager leader is to show someone the business and Mm. to help them change their financial destiny. It's unbelievable. The thrill that you get and the, like the benefit that you feel when you could show someone that there's no income potential in real estate as much as you put in is exactly what you get out regardless of you know the 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 market i mean truly if you talk to any top producing agent market conditions absolutely determine certain things in our business i mean without a doubt but people that are successful in the business are successful regardless of the market conditions. That's so, so that's so prolific, really. I mean, especially especially now when people are feeling really stressed. And I know um, you and I uh, have a great, you know, kind of work relationship with my boss Dan, and and he has mm-hmm. a lot of nuggets. But he always says, if things were static, that's like when it's the worst. Like you want movement. Because that means people, you know, it's different kind of maybe real estate sales or there's different um, verticals in commercial real estate that might pick up or not. But if everything stayed the same, nobody would be buying, selling or changing their lease agreements and we would be left with not too much to do. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I'll say the third thing is um, in terms of, you know, like growth opportunities. What's really exciting is when you when you lead or own a brokerage, that acquisition piece, you know, when you really can say, wow, you know, I, I, I grew a portfolio for someone versus I grew a career for someone. But then when you get into acquisitions and you could grow a company and really grow your influence, it's incredible. And going back to the motivation behind why I joined the corporate team was, I was really excited to have more influence and I'm just super grateful to be in this position and have the opportunity to influence more people. That's, uh, I love hearing about that driving you. What's interesting to me too is how I, I know that you were involved like at NAR and your local boards, but then also how that's translated into what you've coined to me anyways, um, your your market intelligence-based approach. So mm-hmm. how do you take that desire to want to influence um, your affiliates growth and then translate that with, with numbers and data behind that. Cause I know that drives you very much. It does. And I think there's so much value in a broker's insight about the data versus just slamming them with data. Right. So we're really compensated on our ability to analyze data and present portfolios and talk about market caps and not just say this is what it is, but to explain it. So from servicing, you know, it's one thing to say there's limited inventory, or it's one thing to say, you know, there's pressure on uh, brokerage uh, commission or, but to really internalize and understand what that means for a broker's compensation plan or, you know, the opportunity to have that brokerage model grow. That's where the value is, the analysis, the interpretation, the comprehension piece of it. It's not just talking about data. It's analyzing the data and explaining what it actually means to a broker, an owner, an investor. So, 
the market intelligence-based approach, approach from servicing is to really make sure that our team, the servicing team, understands what's really going on in the market. Not just sales are down, units are down, but understanding what kind of sales are down. What is, are we talking about median? Are we talking about average? Are we talking about days on market? Are we talking about different MLSs? I mean, there's so much ambiguity in data. It's the analysis and the real comprehension of data that I have been very diligent about empowering my team so we can go out to the brokerage network and say, hey, you know, we understand that the numbers are, you know, ABC, one, two, three, but let me share what's actually going on behind the scenes and within the organization and industry so we can move the needle and help more people. One thing that I've noticed is your ability to really find certain team members, I guess, nuance or, or, or where they really shine and highlight them in their role. And so much so that uh, you, you identified one of your account managers to really focus on the commercial side of the business. And I wanted to talk about where you identified that growth potential for the entire franchise organization, but then really why is that a great development piece from a growth perspective for other brokers or even from a staff and team perspective? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it stems from my recruiting background. So I think real estate is an industry where the in the potential's unlimited. And if you want to succeed in real estate, all you have to do is control your activities and do all of the income producing activities that are outlined very clearly in any business book, any real estate you know, course and do them. So I, I think that when, when people come to work and show up and talk about what they do versus actually doing it, it's a huge difference. And, you know, you're talking about someone on the team that raised their hand and said, I'm very, I want more, I'm capable of more, had the track record of exceptional results. And I said, you know, this is a unique opportunity. So in servicing, we're generalists. We have to know basically everything about everything. We, you know, in, in the commercial, in the coal banker, uh, residential and commercial franchise system, each company gets an account manager. And before this change, all of our account managers were required to know everything about the residential franchise and everything about the commercial franchise, which is a lot to know. I mean, our value proposition is incredibly strong. It's the strongest it's ever been during my tenure at, at coal banker. Um, I'm super proud of it. And it's a lot to know. So when I looked at the team, I thought, you know, this is someone that really said, I want more, has displayed the ability to do more. And I thought it would be a, a huge benefit to our commercial network if they had one person that was more of an expert versus a generalist that would benefit their engagement, their experience. And so far, I think it's working out really well. Where have you seen the biggest growth opportunities in the commercial space or within within the affiliate group that, you know, is there... Is there geography that's untapped? You know, is it, are there more opportunities for people to grow through commercial? Like, where is your assessment of where there's some really great opportunities for growth? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Now, keep in mind, I grew up in an environment where all we did was real estate. That's it. So no mortgage business, no title business. It's like all you do is focus on real estate. And I think there's beauty in that because you are truly experts in your field. COVID hit and I think 
when I was calling our network and talking to all of our different owners and operators, the real shining moment for me was when I realized that the title business started to pick up a little bit quicker than residential real estate. Commercial started to show some, you know, some some growth before some sectors of uh, residential. So the companies that I talked to that had more diversification were the companies that were more financially stable, that had more I'll say more opportunity along with more stability in an environment that was very unpredictable and very unstable. So mm. we looked at our network and we really just took some, some feedback and we said, all right, well, the companies that had mortgage businesses or title businesses or insurance businesses or commercial enterprises, you know, those companies were really more stable. So I have without a doubt seen throughout the network that, Rooftops follow businesses, business follow rooftops, and the companies that have implemented a commercial strategy or commercial strategy, commercial companies that have in, integrated a residential arm, those companies are growing faster than companies that are just focused in one arena. So I think diversification through either ancillary businesses or different real estate absolutely have more opportunity to grow. I want to talk about when you, you've mentioned value proposition a few times, and I want to talk about the value of a brand. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, the first real estate company that you worked for, was it branded? And then uh, tell me yep. about where you where your belief system goes with like why the value of a brand, because I know you sounds like you're very passionate about the value prep. Oh, my gosh. I think who you affiliate with means so much. We are in such a critical industry. I mean, we are a huge part of our country's GDP. Every time we sell a home or a commercial property, it goes back into the local economy. So when you align your name with someone else, it says something about you, right? So it's the same thing. What kind of car do you drive? Like there's status, there's, um, there's image, there's values. As we've learned through a body of research, you know, this next generation of people coming to work really care about the values and mission statement of a company. And I think it is incredibly important in an industry where people are trusting you with their biggest investments to align with a trusted partner. So I believe brokerage and real estate practice is a partnership. Our Coldwell Banker brokerage professionals have chosen to align with Coldwell Banker Commercial because I think they understand the importance of everything that our brand believes. We started out as a commercial company. We have gone through every market cycle. We have gone through not just one pandemic, but two. And when you align your name, your independent contractor status with a business partner, it means something to the consumer. It also puts more money in the consumer's pocket. And there's lots of you know research that we've gone through over the years that proves that as well. For sure. To share with our listeners, uh, Kate interviewed me for my job at Cole Banker and Cole Banker Commercial uh, many years ago at this point. And at the time, I had great work experience. I had a good resume and, you know, but I had not been and you know, whatever education and all that stuff, all the boxes, except I'd not been in the real estate industry. And she really helped me. You really, I should say, you really helped me understand that if you have a passion for entrepreneurship and growth, like that's where it was. And that was so aligned with my personal values. But I was really at the time looking for a place that felt like a cultural fit. I had come out of some, some job experiences that didn't 
feel right for various reasons. And I was just looking for a place that had a legacy brand that was really passionate about its people. And it came through you for sure. And obviously that our teammates that we were with at the time, but it really was unique. And you very much took on a mentorship role for me when I first joined the company. And I think you do that very well for others. But besides doing it in your everyday job, what I think is important for you, for people to hear as a leader in your business is that you you really believe in doing that for anybody that needs the mentorship help, but like you want to mentor people to be mentors. Like mm-hmm. you see the bigger picture. And that to mm-hmm. me is like the, almost like the secret sauce of your servicing model. You're like, I don't want to coach you to be great. I want to coach you. So everyone you touch is great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I have, um, you know, I, I was very passionate and still am passionate about young people in the business. I got into the industry when I was 18 years old and there's a um, an organization through NAR called YPN. It's Young Professionals mm-hmm. Network. And the goal of YPN is to groom people in the industry to someday step into leader posi- leadership positions, whether it's in their brokerage, their board, the MLS, the association. And so that our industry stays and evolves and grows and gets better. And I believe that you know, going back to the mentorship thing, it's like, you have an opportunity to show somebody everything you know. Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of that? Like in business school, we, you know, I was taught that the most valuable part of any company is its people. And I still believe that. And I see that. And if people join the Coal Banker team or the Coal Banker commercial network as a practitioner, I hope that their time with us at Coal Banker, whether they're a corporate employee, an agent, an owner, a franchisee, that we have made, we have enriched their careers. We have enriched their their lives. We have truly enriched their um, ability to ultimately help more people and ultimately teach other people everything they know. That's real estate. And I think that there's a little bit of a threat that we're getting away from that as an industry as a whole to just focus on our own careers and our own, you know, goals and, you know, not necessarily, you know, train people up and coach people up. I think teams are a great way that that's being done, you know, in both residential and commercial. But I worry about, you know, the that pass through knowledge that I was so fortunate to get and am so willing to share that that's getting lost. So to anyone listening, don't be afraid to teach someone what you know, because they're never going to do it like you. And one day when you teach them something that will help them, they'll always remember that. So true. Where um, I know that your your uh, YPN sounds like a great opportunity for for young uh, folks in the what is considered YPN? What is yeah? What is the young real estate professional? Is that under yeah. thirty or is at that point are we old? <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's so I, I know. I'm I'm not the youngest person in the room anymore. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> you know, YPN is truly dedicated to people that are young in the business, young minded or young in age. Uh, generally speaking, like going back, real estate was considered like a second time, you know, like a uh, like a part time hobbyist or, you know, people that retired. And it wasn't necessarily presented as, you know, you're straight out of college, you should get into real estate where mm-hmm. I was straight out of high school and got a, into real estate. But you've seen a huge evolution. Now there's lots of colleges that have degrees in real estate yeah. universities and NAR has, you know, Realtor University. And I mean, there's so many ways for 
people to really niche themselves in real estate. So the YPN started um, many moons ago, I mean, over 20 years ago, and their their mission was to help people that were young to the business, whether, again, young-minded, young, um, young in age, or um, young at the business in general. So the goal is to really share knowledge and help people and guide them so that they can learn the business because your real estate school doesn't really teach you how to practice real estate, right? It teaches you what you should know, the guidelines, the parameters, the rules, all the important things so you can maintain a real estate license governed by the state, but it doesn't teach you how to practice real estate. It really doesn't. To my memory, I think it has like a chapter on commercial real estate, which is like a multi-dimensional, multi-vertical business. So bingo. Bingo. And thank goodness for CCIM and all of yeah. the support that, you know, we provide to our commercial practitioners because it is crazy to think that, you know, you are you are allowed to now go practice commercial real estate with just brokerage oversight. And I I think I think that brokerage oversight is, you know, broker owner oversight in any real estate practice is super important. And, um, you know, again, that broker owner is your business partner and it is their job. Why there's, why they make a, a portion of your commission is because they're with you. They're guiding you. They're providing services, support. They're keeping the lights on. They're keeping the person at the front desk there. There's a huge investment that they've provided to help you with your with your dream of entrepreneurship. So I we got away from YPN, but YPN is an amazing organization. Um, it is it is a huge part of how I got more deeply involved in the organization. And anytime I have an opportunity to share, you know, the the YPN mission and goals and direct them to either a local state or national chapter, I do. You said something that stuck with me that'll probably stick with me for the rest of my life it's it was like a small sentence you said but um i'd not thought about it like this um but talking about how the real estate industry is directly linked to our gdp and how Mm -hmm. every transaction that you do nationally uh goes right back into our our national economy Mm -hmm. how many people do you think think of whether it's commercial or residential or any real estate transaction in this company in such a macro way. That was so powerful, by the way, when you said that, like we are directly impacting our economy, not just because of inventory and you hear, like you hear about it on the news, right? Like Mm -hmm. the economy, housing market, economy, housing market. But sometimes Mm -hmm. you just, I feel like the way you said it was very pointed. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's lots of percentages. I mean, I've heard people say it's 10% of our GDP. I've heard people say it's 15. I've heard say people say it's 20, 25. I mean, I think it's the biggest takeaway is it's a big part of our GDP. Every time a property sells, lands, building, home, condo, co-op, whatever it is, anytime something sells, think about the state benefits from, from it the local municipality benefits from it, the agent benefits from it. Then once a property is sold, the painters, the roofers, the steel companies, the concrete pourers, I mean, an unbelievable amount of money goes back into the local economy. And then that feeds the labor force. And overall, it is a huge part of our, you know, our American economy. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's an amazing industry to be a part of. I love that. That to me actually feels like your why. I mean, I've never heard you say it so pat, but like, geez, you know, everything you work on goes back into every ounce of 
our country. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, homeownership is the American dream. Um, commercial investment is part of that as well. So, yeah. you know, I think that owning a home, our homeownership is, when you look at homeownership in America versus other countries, is actually very high. Safety and capital in America is very high. That's why, inter, you know, international buyers come to America a lot of the times is because there's safety and capital here. With that being said, to be a piece of that, to be the catalyst for our economy and just a like a like kind of the window to homeownership and entrepreneurship and building wealth, it's unbelievable to even be a, a piece of that for people. I uh, I mean, that is what drives, I, I think I've talked about this before on, on this podcast, but that is what drives me every, every day I come to work. I love working for a company that helps entrepreneurs grow. It is yeah. what the, it's how generational wealth is passed down. It is yeah. how you really can change not a life, but I mean, however many people work at that company's lives and all those companies. So to me, it is what drives me every day. And I know that for our commercial professionals, you know, what they do for their clients. I mean, it is, it is seismic. It is really yeah. seismic. And it's and it's like, it's like the little things that you do every day, you know, add to that bigger picture. And a, a great example is in my former life, I taught new agent orientation. So when you get your license and you join the local board, you have to go through this new agent orientation to be a board member, to ultimately have access to the MLS. And I taught it not because you know, I needed the 200 bucks that you got, but because I love the business and I love being that face to introduce them to the incredible potential that they have in real estate. So last summer I live on Long Island in New York and I was in the Hamptons and I was at um, some networking event or I don't know, I had to dinner with my husband and somebody came up to me. I had no idea who he was. And he's like, you taught my new agent orientation. I'm like, oh yes. I remember you. And after the conversation continued, I actually did. But at first, you know, I didn't. And anyone that runs a real estate company, I mean, has felt that, uh-oh, I'm supposed to know you. I sold you a house. <laughs> I, I, I helped you invest in a property, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I, I, I taught you the business. And he said, he said to me, you really helped me. And I said, okay. And he went on to just explain that his real estate school taught him the things, but it was the information that I had shared with him in that new agent orientation that really motivated him to have a successful career. And I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back, but I'm saying that to anyone listening, that's the impact that you can have on someone's life. You can truly help someone reach their wildest dreams. And it sounds corny, but it's true. And I've seen it. And like, that's the, I can get, I can get real corny about it, but that's their unbelievable opportunity that we have not to just change our communities, add to our economies, but to individually help someone achieve things that they never thought possible. Well, that brings me to the concept of mantras. Ooh. You and I go back and forth with what are our mantras pretty often. So if you were going to share your today's mantra for you mm -hmm. that drives you and um what would that be oh it's an oldie but a goldie and um <laughs> i strongly believe it it's the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary and i didn't say it zig ziglar said it and i still believe it you know i have a couple other um a couple other that kind of guide me in in you know my everyday work life i always think how does this affect 
the brokers. I always think that. How does this affect brokers' day-to-day business? Um, and the the final thing I'll say is the only thing constant is change. One more. See, I, I got ahead of myself. I think this is really important in real estate. Focus on what's in your control. You can't control what the Fed does. You can't control what a municipality deems as certain zoning regulations. I mean, you you can influence change. You can lobby for change. You can advocate for what you believe in. But those are the things that you can focus on that are in your control. There's just certain things that are out of your control. Focus on what's in your control. I'll share with the group one of my faves. Uh, one of my favorite mantras, just since you shared three of yours, mine is assume positive intent. Like I think so good. it just makes work life, life just more pleasant to go through. But I do think genuinely that people are trying their best. And as long as you assume positive intent, everyone can kind of come to the same same place, same level of success. I remember that mantra because I called you with a challenging work environment. You know, I, I was it was something challenging I was going through and, you know, I was trying to figure, you know, I was trying to figure something out. And when you said that to me, it it definitely changed the way I was looking at the situation. And, uh, you know, I still think about it all the time. And I, I now it's one of my mantras, too. So add it to the it. list. I love it. Well, for anybody that couldn't tell, you know that I fangirl over Kate Conquest. She's one of my faves and she's one of my friends. And I feel so lucky that you were here with us today. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would, how should they do that? Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn at KK Conquest or Instagram at KK Conquest. My maiden name is Kaplinka, so I have not dropped the KK. Um, <laughs> and I'm on Facebook as Kate Conquest. You could also reach me at Katie, K-A-T-Y, at CB Home Office. I'm on all of the uh, CBC fan pages, and um, I'd love to connect with anyone. Thank you for awesome. the opportunity, Christina, truly. This was wonderful. And for anybody listening to this podcast episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, share. Until next time, see you soon.